Hey, Hit Factory listeners. If you're enjoying and want even more Hit Factory, including the entirety of this episode, consider becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com slash hitfactorypod. For just $5 per month, you'll get access to our premium biweekly episodes, bonus episodes, and a lot more. Thanks for listening and supporting. But, no, I mean, icing on the cake there for sure. And, and I, I'll be the first to admit that I think that it's it's just like a uh, sensibility thing for me. Because sure. honestly, you know, I to to draw even more comparisons to one of my favorite auteurs and actors, Clint Eastwood, besides the fact that they both at one point were going to play Dick Tracy 1-1 one, one out. Uh, is that Clint is someone who also in old age, uh, even now, like, you know, into his like 80s and 90s, is still using his platform using his films as a way to sort of uh unravel and explore a lot of these sorts of uh, things about men and virility and you know their desire to be desired even in old age and all this stuff that Beatty's playing with and certainly some of his movies have operated more on like you know a pure sort of like aesthetic than like a thematic level uh, it, it it really is to me, I think, just the particular aesthetics of Beatty that I am not as like attuned to, but right. still find myself appreciating as I like engage with it and watch it. Like I said, it's never a dull movie. It's never anything where I'm not like, oh, this is very rich. This is very full. Uh, I, I think it really is. It's it's a, a skill issue. It's a, it's a personal problem. <laughs> well, and I also think that like on sort of the matter of like, Warhol's project which is very much about like exploring the the kind of like roteness of commodification and consumerism the the kind of emptiness of celebrity and of spectacle if we understand Dick Tracy to be kind of like an expressionist exercise in that same vein then the marketing ecosystem attached to this movie becomes even more fascinating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I told Aaron, um, because I'm a little bit older than him, like, I remember this movie being fucking everywhere when I was a kid. Like, literally everywhere. Like, not like, oh, it's the next, like, you know, Air Bud or what, like... It was like at McDonald's, yep. it was at theme parks, it was All at over the, the grocery Disney store. store, it was like, it was fucking everywhere. And there's this like thing that is like at once like a dark capitalist marker of, you know, uh, just the 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 conglomerates that run things. And at the same time is like... I romanticize it now because it felt like a moment, capital M, right? And even Aaron brought this up in comparison with, you know, Barbie, like they're trying to do something similar. And I made the argument like, yes, but that isn't really possible anymore because even though we have more exposure to a lot of marketing and a lot of like artifacts of marketing related to movies now with the internet the experience of those things is a very individuated one we've become more atomized and so you cannot really have this kind of like collective ecstatic experience out in the meat world I don't want to sit here and say like 
oh, I miss that. Cause like, I, I don't, but, but it is like a distinct architecture of a particular time that if you, if you think about it in the context of like a, an expressionist project, the consumerist impulses attached to this movie are, are really fascinating and, and kind of bring about this idea that a film is not just something that you experience like in a theater. It like exists in all of these other, not just products, but like all of these other sensory experiences. And that like, that is part of the project that Warren Beatty is undertaking. And, and why so much money was spent on this film, I think is because, you know, there was a certain understanding of, of that, necessity i don't i'm rambling but no i don't think that's no, an I, angle. I, I agree with that too i mean i think that i'm glad you brought up barbie because i feel like that's one of the first movies in quite some time that has that 90s like 80s onslaught of of, of trying to generate a cultural moment yeah. because to your point like the monoculture cannot be replicated uh we might think of it in whatever specific bubbles or whatever sort of you know cohorts we put ourselves in that something is the most important thing like i am obsessed with uh on cinema at the cinema so i'm around a lot of other people that love on cinema and love all things like tim heidecker and greg turkington and we might be like wow everybody else we know loves this and it could be just you know i don't know anybody that voted for nixon going back to the shampoo thing or going back to <laughs> going back to all that, the, the Pauline Kale quote, like we all kind of find ourselves in that. So when you see photos, uh, for instance, of like the, the promotion for Batman and you see the Batman logo on, in Times Square, it's a very specific thing of like, that is a physical object that is placed for people to see. And you contrast that with, you know, if you go through San Francisco, San Francisco is still a top five media market in, in the United States or North America. And there are a ton of bus ads and a ton of billboards for stuff. I saw, I saw, a I saw a, a bus ad for bros last week, a movie that came yeah. out in September of last year. And it's they are a, still at the Muni stop directly outside uh, of our apartment. Yep. Uh, yeah. And there's also, I mean, Netflix even puts stuff out for knives out, the like knives out too. And there's stuff like there's still that presence, but the fact that that is not even, it's an afterthought, the physical presence of reminders of the stuff. Again, it's still part of, you know, the, the marketing apparatus that we're all kind of all a part of, but it is, it's just fascinating how that has found less purchase over time. And that the, the onset of like a Dick Tracy of trying to create a moment of not only that on Madonna's blonde ambition tour, she would do right. some of the songs and have her dancers dress as Dick Tracy as yep. she's doing this. So you have this, I mean, the only equivalent would be like if, if Taylor Swift on her current tour just did like a Barbie song and right. there was that right. sort of thing, like this sort of completely integrated approach and so much of that had to do with the changing infrastructure of Hollywood mm -hmm. of it all being agent based and package based and selling it all from that as opposed to the power being given to the studio. The studio was more or less signing the checks and trying to make sure they made money off of it, but it was not artist driven, but client driven. And it's even become more so. So I, I definitely agree with the expressionist stuff of it, but I also still want to say, I don't want to totally lionize someone like Beatty or Eastwood. They still are like mega millionaires and there's still folks Absolutely. that want to make a shit ton yes. of money off of this stuff Completely. and are, are Hollywood sickos. Uh, but they're Hollywood <laughs> yeah. sickos. I love very dearly. Uh, and Eastwood more of a Nor NorCal sicko. Uh, but uh, <laughs> right. no, Absolutely. I love the, I love my, I love my two sweet old men. 